And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to Financial Fitness Friday. I'm Rich Rosso, CFP, here with Danny Ratliff, CFP. We're so glad you're here with us. Um... Well, got a lot of news coming out today, Danny. We got CPI, another horrendous number expected, real average hourly earnings that's adjusted for inflation, obviously negative. And I can't wait to see where in the toilet the University of Michigan sentiment happens to be. So lots of uh, good information. Futures are down, Dow futures down 74 DocuSign is getting taken to the woodshed and spanked down 26% pre-market. I'll tell you, boy, this market is brutal on companies that miss numbers. I I mean, I understand a sell-off, but man, that's a killer. But I think we should expect some type of slowdown in growth for some of these companies, especially the ones that really benefited from the pandemic. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's just natural. Yeah, I mean... But I know, like, example for us, we're using DocuSign as much as we ever did. Yeah. I mean, it's not going away. It's not going away. But to your point, now we have to figure out post-pandemic, what what is the proper valuation for uh, these these incredible pandemic stocks that did well, like Zoom and, and so forth. But we use these products every day because even though there are people returning to the office, there are many people that continue to use Zoom. I don't, I don't find myself, Danny, um, even though I'm in the, you know, there are office meetings, I still see us using Zoom and DocuSign and some of those co- companies just as much as we ever did. Yeah, I think but the big thing for, for the market yeah. to digest is that the new users, right? We, we continue to look at how many new people do they ad- adopt this type of technology. Yeah. And I don't think you're going to see as many because people are already using it now. So it's just going to be who's continuing That's to use it. That's a good it. point. Yeah. And so like maybe how many sales. more new users are they going to get, especially uh, with labor force participation rate? Yeah, but we kind of expected some of these things where year-over-year numbers may not look nearly as good mm-hmm. as what they previously did. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. That's the whole benefit of making sure you do your homework, making sure you have a sell discipline, that you don't get greedy. And listen, we're fraught with emotions, especially through this market cycle. How many generation, you know, at least one generation has never even seen a bear market. And now the Fed can't bail you out. So um, on a lighter note, at least Britney Spears got married. And um, I'm thinking before we finish the show, she'll probably be divorced. (laughs) You know, I never thought I'd say this, but that's the one girl I would say, can we see you with more pictures with your clothes on? Because, okay, we know. So, um... Other than that, these numbers coming out today, I think, is going to tell us a lot. Obviously, inflation is going to be heated. Um, it looks like we're expecting uh, 8.3% uh, in the consumer price CPI at 6.2. And what you're getting now, obviously, are real wages nowhere near keeping up. And wow. as economic growth slows, the latest Atlanta Fed GDP now, even though the president says we are doing better than the world, the world, we're doing better than three worlds right now, Brent. 
three worlds. We're doing better than the world, the world, the world. So his needle was stuck, obviously. Um, but are we? <laughs> no, we're at the, about the same growth rate as the Eurozone. Yeah. Um, so it is a muck. So um, a piece I wrote about a year and a half ago is I was really concerned about stagflation or maybe stagflation light, because what makes this different is even though low growth, higher inflation, absolutely the case, generally speaking, the rate of unemployment is higher during the stagflation period. We might continue to see lower, uh, you know, more people being, more people working, not making enough to cover their, their needs, but more people working. Um, but this labor force participation rate is the lowest it's been since 1977, around the middle, uh, around the early part of 1977. And we then hit a demographic wave that brought people into the foray. Now, we, uh, our demographics across the globe are pretty poor. Um, so this, I would rather, Danny, have a recession and cleanse it out and the Fed really steps aside because they can't do anything as opposed to this muck. You know, it's like humidity in Texas in August, right? You can't escape it. It makes you feel bad. And that's what stagflation is. Yeah, I mean, we, we need a cleansing of the market to restore value back into actual stocks again. Mm -hmm. You know, where we've had all these things that have been driven up for such a long period of time. And then economically, we just kind of, we're just drifting, so to speak. Here we sure yeah. are. Where I, I, yeah. I don't know a better word for it. I mean, in the sense that, you know, right now there's, there's an opportunity to get back to some, you know, to fundamentals. And I think that's what's needed in this market. And at some point we'll get that. And look, I, we're looking around and, and we're seeing, we're beginning to see a lot more opportunity. Mm -hmm. So we are optimistic for the future in the sense that we're going to be able to go out there and buy some things at some pretty good discounts. And that'll be the, the benefit for those that do hold some cash that are prepared for these types of environments. Whereas, you know, I think the buy and hold is going to get hurt. We looked at a portfolio the other day and I mean, all stocks, all stocks, and uh, some of them really very speculative. Well, very speculative. A lot of micro. This is a very, cap. very big firm, by yeah. the way, international yeah. and things that have never changed. And, and then, you know, you have this big portfolio with, you know, hundreds of positions. And so it feels like you have this great active management, but I don't know if it's ever truly active because you're typically all in. And there's not as many changes as you would you would hope is what I've seen. Well, as Lance said, the average investor is probably down close to thirty percent. Yeah, that's um, what I we think saw our stock this. portfolios are down about seven to eight. Um, you know, obviously fixed income hasn't worked. We get these periods where it moves together and then they break apart. Um, we're still trying to figure that out. So there's turbulence in every asset class right now. So having some cash as a hedge um, is very very important. Um, I still think bonds are probably some of the best deals out there. Um, and I do that because rates can only go so far. And I have no idea unless the Fed's going to totally break the economy. You know, the one thing is when Biden did that second um, fiscal package, that was truly Powell's time on the other side, on the monetary side, to pull back his measures. He, that was his cue, right? One runs, one retracts, mm -hmm. and he never did it. And he's now admitting that he was very, very late. So it's going to be interesting to see how he handles this process overall. Um, because even if inflation ebbs, say you're at five, we expect maybe 5% by the end of the year. That's still more than wages. That's just the average. 
with Ukraine and Russia and food and, and energy prices, it is hurting. Um, and if you're on the lower end of the income scale, you are really suffering. You uh, are. And this right is a now. much different environment than what I think we're typically accustomed to in an inflationary time because we're not seeing the growth aspect with it. Right. It is It is strictly the inflation. There's so many geopolitical issues. There's other issues from the pandemic that caused this. So this is a little bit of an unknown as far as how they're going to treat this. And at some point, when does he say enough is enough? Because historically, it hasn't been a whole lot, but we've never had to combat the inflation like we do now. Yeah, I mean, look at look at uh, retailers like Target and so forth. You're seeing how they've built inventories. We talked about that early on. Although Target's closed. I don't know who's wearing those. Um, we get back. We want to talk about elder fraud, some other things for you to manage the finances of your life here on Financial Fitness Friday. We'll be right back. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Hurricane season is here. And along the Texas Gulf Coast, we know how to prepare. What we don't always know is which way the storm will go and if a hurricane does come your way, whether your house will flood. Fortunately, you can get flood insurance. Unfortunately, flood insurance rates have skyrocketed. Don't be at risk. Let the specialists at RIA Insurance assess your needs and shop your coverage for the best rates possible. Another service from realinvestmentadvice.com. Click on the insurance tab, realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. We deal with a lot of uh, older clients, and we're very protective of them. Um, sometimes I'll go into some of, I know that use their accounts for expenses and just rifle through a bit of their, uh, where the checks are coming out, debit card activity, just want to see if it's normal or looks strange. And uh, a few months ago, I looked at and saw some big checks coming out of somebody's account, um, and I said, this isn't right. This is totally out of the norm. And we wound up finding out that uh, someone had stolen her checkbook and um, was replicating the checks and she didn't look at the, the account. So elder fraud is um, really on the rise, right? And these are targeted scams. These people are very smart. This ever-changing world of technology, it's confusing. It's very intimidating to many elderly citizens. And some are just more susceptible to scams. And I will tell you, the scams get better and better. When you look at those phishing emails, Danny, and we're not seniors, you go, whoa, I could see how somebody falls for this. Oh, I get one from PayPal like every other day. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? PayPal's a famous one, Amazon. Mm -hmm. Once in a while, you'll look. So I always tell everyone, and I tell even our, our more elderly clients, when you get an email, look at to where it's from. Who's, look at the actual way, the address. It's going to look funky to you. It's yeah, not going to be anything you've seen before. Uh, you know, you got to almost dissect it like Quincy, right? You got to go in and you got to step back um, to do that. But elder fraud. So here's the most important thing. Um, 
three top states for elder fraud. California, Florida, and Texas, even above New York. So Texas had 6,798 victims uh, in this 2020 rankings. Um, and this is a rise of 7.19% in uh, 2021 from 2020. So, um, so it's, a, it's an issue that <clears throat> if you have elderly parents, you have to monitor their activity. Uh, especially, I mean, listen, they're going to use tech. They're going to write checks. But it's, uh, they're going to get phone calls. And this is the biggest, this biggest one, right, Danny? Someone's calling you. Uh, I had a client call me the other day. says, you know, I got a call from someone saying that they had my grandson in jail. Mm-hmm. So here's the ironic part. Like, it's the, it's the odds and probabilities. Her grandson had been arrested once. So she really thought it was true. She calls me. And I said, don't do a thing. Do not send any money, okay? We got to work around this problem. So the predatory nature of these is going to continue to heat up, especially as the economy uh, gets worse. So the Investor Protection Trust um, Elder Fraud Survey, one out of every five citizens over 65 already have been victims of financial and investment scam. And, you know, we have, there are certain websites that you can go to to understand what are the latest scams. And I have a lot of the children go through these scams with their elderly parents. Like, here are the latest scams, Mom. Have you seen anything like this? It's amazing how many times they say, well, yeah, I did, but I, I, I avoided it, right? So you have to understand that there are, there's a lot of information out there about latest scams. And you have to be vigilant if your parents or someone elderly you know uh, is um, is doing this or more active with technology that they they know what the risks are because this money is not what you're going you're not going to get it back I mean yeah if there's something at a big bank or credit card most likely but a lot of times the money is just well uh, many times gone. I've seen that people are getting even more and more bold well they'll be doing work down the street from somebody they see yes. an elderly person they'll go knock on the door and say hey here's a bill you forgot to pay or um, and they make friends with them I've even seen it go as far as in, in no stories where somebody has actually physically drove somebody to a bank, not that they were held hostage, but they thought, oh, you need a ride. We'll take you up there, take them to the bank to make a large withdrawal. And they don't think anything of it. But, you know, you start to lose mental capacities. It gets confusing. They try to they prey on certain people. Um, another thing is when somebody passes, a lot of times I don't know if they go through obituaries. I mean, you talk about just scum of the earth. I think I mean, mm-hmm. it's terrible. But they'll go and they'll they'll prey on somebody. Oh, your your wife did this and you owe X amount, or your husband had uh, had these debts that need to be paid, and so it is terrible. And so you have to be very diligent. And I, I think too. what you said is right, Rich. I mean, you know, parents need to be involved, loved ones need to be involved, um, or excuse me, you know, kids especially to make sure that you're watching out over it and after these things. And I love what you just said. You need to make them aware of all of the things that are going on, but that may not be the one thing that. That gets it. I mean, everybody's heard of, oh, your your grandson's traveling in Italy. He's in jail. <laughs> um, I've received emails personally, which is why we, as a habit, if you send us an email saying, hey, we need money, we're going to call you and say, hey, what's up? What do you need? And because yes. they will hack emails. And, you know, sometimes you, you catch it and say, well, that's odd. I've never had... Uh, I had one last year. Uh-huh. The husband's always been the one who's communicated. We do communicate with the wife. But the wife sends a, an email saying that they need money. I thought, huh, all right. So I called. No, that wasn't me. 
but there's more and more things that are coming out. You know, Rich, what I'm really shocked at is the um, average amount that these people get per oh, victim. Yeah. I mean, it's it's many times it could be uh, five figures. I mean, yeah. they, I've seen people get accounts totally drained. Uh, and these are people that they trust. Caretakers, especially. Um, nothing against caretakers, but obviously there are some that have uh, ulterior motives. Well, I think so. there's more good than bad, but yes, there are absolutely. a handful. But that, you have to be aware yeah. that these things happen. And the um, when you look at investorprotection.org, they have a lot of educational resources available there. Um, not only to help you have like important contact numbers, verbal cues uh, for caregivers, advisors, children, and other loved ones should not ignore, along with a list of resources, the National Center on Elder Abuse and so forth, that you have resources out there if this kind of thing happens. Um, and I just expect as the economy gets worse and this technology gets better, this is a never-ending situation. Um, and as the population ages and we have more cases of uh, dementia and Alzheimer's, you just have to be more protective of um, your the finances of the love the older Amer uh, older loved ones that that you have in your family. Um, we help people understand that. We help them to have these conversations. Uh, we try to safeguard as much as we can. I think I think a lot of firms have done a really good job as far as detecting spending patterns that are unusual as well. I think brokerage firms, credit cards, because obviously they're on the hook, and I think they've done a pretty good job of seeing things that are out of the ordinary within accounts, and they are also being proactive. So, uh, listen, there's always going to be someone out there that does it. We just want to make sure it doesn't happen to you and you're aware of it, and the scams just get better and better. Well, I think that's the key. It's just it's the awareness that people need to understand what's out there. That's that's the problem is that they're getting so crafty with this rich mm -hmm. that there's always a new an upcoming scam. And like you mentioned, you know, I always go through some we go back to PayPal. I always go back when I get a weird email. I'll get one from major banks, some banks I don't even have accounts at. It's like, hey, wait a second. Um, but you go look and usually the email is just something really off the wall. What I have found recently though, Rich, is that there's some that they're getting they're getting better and better at having things that look more real more realistic in a sense that that email is not so off the wall and it actually looks like maybe it could come from them. I had somebody who tried to do like a, I guess a, a QuickBooks mm. kind of a bill. It mm -hmm. said Intuit on it. And I thought, huh, okay, this is interesting. But I knew that this was not from, from PayPal in this sense, right. like, like I mentioned, because I haven't done anything or purchased anything from them. PayPal I even had one saying had... I bought a Bitcoin. Exactly. PayPal is a mess. I mean, I get those all the time. Yeah. So the one you were talking about, the FBI says there are two types of funeral and cemetery fraud. So this is this takes oh, man. big uh, big Britney Spears. But scammers read obituaries, and then they call or attend the funeral service of a complete stranger to take advantage of the grieving widow or widower, right? It's claiming the deceased has um, outstanding debt with them, and they try to extort money from realtors. And also you have disreputable funeral homes to capitalize on family members, unfamiliar, you know, unfamiliarity with costs of funeral services. Um, so insisting on one casket over another casket. I mean, these are not, you know, frauds per se, but again, it is taking advantage. But that's, I can't even imagine the nerve of somebody attending. <laughs> I mean, somewhere along the line, you're going to pay for that. Well, there's a special place for people like that. I'm huh? telling you. And obviously, telemarketing is one of the most um, 
full. And I get these, these what they call the pigeon drop, which is they found a large sum of money. Did you ever get those emails? Hello, Mr. Rosso. I'm from this country, and I need to get my $5 million, but I need 100000 to get it out or whatever, right? We're going to make a good faith payment, <clears throat> and then I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to get my cut. <laughs> I don't know if you're falling for those. Well, I think you I, might deserve Hey, I've had, I had one. So what they do is they, they go for people that are emotionally distraught. Like, so years ago, mm-hmm. had a client who um, has lost her husband, is so, so-called so introduced to somebody who lives overseas. Nigerian prince? Maybe? No, no, no. Oh. This is supposedly a regular, regular guy okay. who knew a friend that introduced him through Facebook, visited on Facebook for over a year. Then all of a sudden, the guy starts needing money. She started sending money, and I, we actually caught it. And it got so bad that, because she really thought this man was real. And it, at some point, she came back, and I said, look, we were not going to be able to help you if, mm-hmm. if you're not going to at least you know, protect yourself. Because she was in love. And it ended up being that this, huh. this man was taking advantage of her, and somebody who just retired ends up coming back and said, I, I'm so sorry, we should have listened to her earlier. And basically, you know, I don't know where she is today, but probably back to work. I mean, there terrible, are terrible thing. So many of these um, romance frauds. It's like on the top five. Yeah. Because we talk about this all the time, Danny. There are going to be more seniors living alone than ever before, and they are vulnerable. And That's they right. get blinded to these situations when a shark comes along. Um, I think that's one of the more prevalent ones we're going to see going forward. No, it is. Uh, and it, it was so emotional in this instance. And, you know, it's, it's it's sad. Like, you can only do so much. Like, we had to freeze her account. But right. It's her money. Right. She needs to live on it, right? right? And so, at the end of the day, it, it just some of those times you have these horror stories. And that is awful. Yeah, we get back. We're going to be talking about a few other things. Uh, Senate panel introduces a new retirement bill as part of Secure Act 2.0. Not that thrilling, but we'll cover it when we get back. investment advice blog it's required reading for the informed investor catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com in 1999 a parafiduciary group of financial advisors were busted by corporate giants for trying to operate in their clients best interest these men promptly escaped from a high cost margin environment to the houston energy corridor today still excoriated by their former employers they survive as protectors of others' fortunes. If you have a problem about preserving capital, if no one else can help, and you can find them right here, maybe you should hire the RIA team. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. I don't know. I'm giving credit to the YouTubies today that... uh, you all have a lot of energy in the morning. Right, Danny? They Absolutely. are on the ball. On the ball. So um, there's all kinds of retirement acts out that are out there right now that nothing gets passed. Um, it's, and they have the best thing about these retirement bills are the cutesy names that they come with, like the Rise and Shine bill. Like it makes me want to have eggs and... And all that. Put a little maple on the eggs when I was in Vermont. I'm saying is we're trying our best 
to come up with all kinds of mechanisms for people to save, yet most people live paycheck to paycheck, and they can't, right? So it's nice for the people who can save. Um, one thing in this bipartisan bill that's attached onto the, the SECURE Act 2.0 is financial planning has never been more important. And I will tell you, I, for once, I agree with politicians. Yeah. Financial planning is very important. To become aware of your entire situation, face it head on, good or bad, and find ways to improve it. It's not a negative experience. It's a positive experience. It's an awareness. It's a pat on the back or this is the things we can do well. No one is judging you in a financial plan. Life gets in the way all the time. You have the best of intentions. Things come up. We have to reshape these goals, what you think of retirement, how it's going to be. You're going to put together something that's very personal. It's not as clean cut as it used to be. I'm going to retire at 65. I'm going to get this watch that I'm never going to wear again, maybe when I'm in my coffin, and I'm going to collect a pension. All good. Not anymore. So what we find in this Rise and Shine Act is um, when people have IRA, uh, 401ks, uh, depending on the balance, uh, sometimes uh, They'll say, okay, we're just going to send you a check, right? It's a small amount, or we're going to go ahead and you can move those into an IRA. How many people probably cash out those small 401ks, Danny? They never roll them into an IRA. I think a lot of people cash out the small ones. They think, oh, it's just a little bit of money. I have these bills I have to pay. Right. Um, you know, pay credit it. card balance is up. I'm just going to go ahead go ahead and just take that money out, and mm -hmm. I'm going to pay those things off. And unfortunately, a lot of people do that when they're under 59 and a half as well. And then you get hit with that extra 10% penalty, not to mention the ordinary income tax rates on that. We are going to come up with a stacked waffle bill. Stacked waffle bill. Be flat. Everything you do is a hierarchy. Yep. The first thing employers do, they put a 3% mandatory uh, uh, withdrawal into a savings account first if you don't have a year's worth of savings in cash. Forget the saving. Forget save for retirement because you're probably going to touch it anyway. The first step is do I have a liquidity? Then I go on to the next waffle. Then I go on to the next waffle, and then I have diabetes, and then I need a doctor. So, so then you're going to really need that savings account, is what you're then saying. Then you're going to really need it. Yeah. So we're trying to help people save for retirement when they don't even have the financial footing. The, 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 the very basics of things or understand those basics. I'd love to see a financial literacy initiative. Yeah. I think there Forget needs to be a Forget all the retirement stuff. I get it, but... Focus on literacy and how to get people to shore up their, create their financial security for things that occur. Well, the industry does a, such a poor job. We go from, you know, from the beginning to the end so quickly, right? Right. We, we forget all about the things in the middle that need to be done to make sure that, you know, you're building this house on solid ground. But unfortunately, it's built on sand so many times. And when something happens, you know, the house begins to crumble really quickly because those, that first waffle was never done. You didn't get the yeah, right. You, you didn't save for the emergency. You didn't have the additional financial vulnerability cushion. You didn't save for medical expenses. Um, you know all the things that just add up. And I think this is one of the bigger problems that we face as Americans in, in general, is that there's just a lack of all the things in between that should have been done that aren't there to mitigate the risk, to give you additional protection, and to build your financial foundation on solid ground. This is why four hundred one k's duck. Can't use the S word, but they do. 401k accounts, to me, if you're a higher income earner, that's great. You get the tax deduction and all of that. But I will tell you, 
smaller savers, people that are just trying to save, they don't need to worry about savings ta saving taxes. Yeah. Okay, they need a guaranteed income stream to supplement Social Security because they haven't saved enough or something came up. So we're not teaching people the proper basics of things and how to recreate a paycheck down the road. It's all about 401k, 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 401k. That's it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing magical about 401ks. Now, I think they're great, especially when you get a well, match. Well, if I'm making high income and I want to save or defer some taxes, although I would, oh, I tell you this all the time, Danny, if I had to do it all over again, all I would Roth. never do a 401k again. I'd do Roth 401k mm -hmm. if I could, and I would put the rest in permanent life insurance. And then I'd have stocks outside like in a brokerage account. I would understand that I need tax efficiency so my Social Security doesn't get taxed. I get every dollar of that. I don't have to worry about IRMA charges. All this tax deferral is not going to benefit you if that's the only account you have to draw from in retirement. You have lost tax flexibility. That's right. And if ta I don't care who's in office going forward. Taxes have to go up. We are going to see taxes go higher. Um, we have no choice. That's not, even, that's not a partisan statement. It's just it is what it is. So um, I think that people don't fall into a lower tax bracket in retirement, and this is the way it is. That's why, Danny, how many articles now are you seeing from financial pundits about guaranteed income and sequence of return risk where returns could be lower? We've been talking about this for years. We revised lower our return estimates on stocks back in 2019, and I looked stupid for a while. But I really do think we are in a period of turbulence if you haven't read the book, The Fourth Turn, you really should. Um, it's one of the best books I've ever read. And they talk about having the winter of, of the economies where everything is uprooted. You know, it's that turbulence. And I just think that people have to be prepared for lower returns. And if they can't make it, Danny, what do they do? Well, you've you got to change the lifestyle. You have to cut expenses. You have to... Go it's back the fourth to work. Turning, by the way, not you the have to do turn. all of these things that that nobody really wants yeah. to do, and that's the unfortunate part of it. Yes. The problem is, is that we typically the media doesn't get to these things until it's staring us right in our face, where we need to be preparing well before the storm. You don't right. stock up on food and gas and water if a hurricane's in the, you know just coming. You you want to have if it's if it's barreling down on the coast, you want to already have that stuff prepared. And shoot, if you're from Texas, you know uh, you, you've got to be prepared well in advance because you may be. You may not be able to get what you need. Right. We are totally reactive. Something yeah. terrible has to happen for us to even move. That's not a good way to run a society. And especially as you get older, more vulnerable, you can't work, you're not a capital earnings machine. You need that lifeblood of income that's coming in. So how are you going to cobble it together? Some people can do it on variable assets, even though returns might be muted over the next cycle because uh, they've saved enough. They've scrimped enough. But most people have not. So there has to be a bolster to Social Security, at least fix it. I was reading something that the trust fund now is, uh, what, extended till uh, solvency is extended to 2035. Yeah. We had another year out of it. Which every, every time we get one of these new reports, we, you know, we think, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. But it's actually been extended by another year. I mean, you remember when it was 2030 back in the day. Right. Then it was 2032, 33, 34. Now we're at 35. These are positive things. Now, granted, 
we've continued to kick the can down the road from a legislation standpoint yep. that we're not taking care of the issue. And, you know, I think that this gives politicians a little bit of breathing room that's probably unnecessary because the sooner we fix this, the better off we're going to be. And we talked about this on Wednesday that um, when Social Security came out, I think there were 42 people working for every person that was retired. Mm-hmm. Now it's like 2.4. I mean, the number's awful. And, and that's because we're just not having enough children. I mean, we're yeah. our demographics. I saw a chart of demographics, and you should see China's. Our labor rates. Yeah. I mean, talk about a lot about labor. We're going to talk about that a little bit here, you know, in, in general. But, man, talk about what, what that has done and changed from a demographic standpoint. Right. Which is why, again, you see people, we, we've been talking about, um, you know, re- returning out to work from retirement, the great unretirement. Now, all of a sudden, that's a thing. But we wrote about it about six months ago that more people would have to probably go back to work in their late 60s and 70s um, just to fill in the gap. And, hey, listen, I don't think there's anything wrong with working a part-time job. Uh, whether you need the money or not. If you don't need the money, it gets you out of the house. And I see men um, are the worst at this. They cut off all social ties. They don't even mean to. But they become increasingly isolated when they retire. They don't want to do anything. And this at least gives them a purpose to do something. So there's nothing wrong with having a part-time job and and doing that. And heck, you know, older workers, uh, they're some of the best. They They have a great work ethic. They're polite. They, you know, they're a joy to be around compared to some of the challenges we have with younger workers. And he's like, yep, that's true. Dealing with that all the day, every day. Um, So again, the financial plan in this SECURE Act, they talk about how important the financial plan is. So the funniest part is, Danny, there's nothing about financial planning in this. It's just about hiking how much you can move from 401k to IRA. But there's nothing about, listen, uh, we're going to work with the Financial Planning Association and we're going to work on a program. And there are, and we do free plans. A lot of times I do for people that are disadvantaged. But putting something in place aggressively for people to work with planners to get full plans done, to understand the basics, the mechanics of money, we have totally lost it. Not in your household, but a lot of households. We get back. We got more to talk about here. Financial Fitness Friday. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Hurricane season is here. And along the Texas Gulf Coast, we know how to prepare. What we don't always know is which way the storm will go and if a hurricane does come your way, whether your house will flood. Fortunately, you can get flood insurance. Unfortunately, flood insurance rates have skyrocketed. Don't be at risk. Let the specialists at RIA Insurance assess your needs and shop your coverage for the best rates possible. Another service from realinvestmentadvice.com. Click on the insurance tab, realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. Wow, the national average gas price is $5 a gallon. 
Well, there's a milestone we can celebrate. I got bamboozled yesterday, Rich. I uh, I was driving. I saw a cheap gas sign. And I thought, man, I'm going to pull in. So pull in the station, start to put my card in, and I realized that that cheap gas was for cash. Yes. I was like, those stinkers. Yeah. Like, nope, not today, Satan. What, what was, was the gonna... difference? A nickel or a dime? No, or... it was... Um, for cash? Yeah. No, it was four seventy five, but for cash it was like four sixty. Wow. Yeah. It was it was pretty significant. Uh-huh. I mean I probably spent as much money driving down to the next gas station. But I thought he was gonna give us alone. a joke like I pulled in and I had a burrito. <laughs> no. It was cheapest gas I had. I wonder if the next trick will be to start selling gasoline for seven tenths of a gallon rates. All right, I, I do have a joke, a financial oh. joke. Okay. Well, boy, Where does a frog keep his money? Where does a frog keep his money? On the riverbank, of course. <laughs> wow, is that a dad joke, if I ever heard one? Yeah. Did the kids roll their eyes at that one? Or they? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. My wife may have, too. <laughs> Michelle's not talking to him for that one. Yeah, we're going to start getting them daily. It's okay. <laughs> the best meme I saw was, you ever see, like, the guy is proposing to his girlfriend? Uh-huh. And he, he's on his knees, and he's got a gas can. And he goes, I went to Exxon. <laughs> 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 oh man that's pretty funny we can laugh all we want because what are you gonna do yeah you gotta now you have a big truck out here then it's costing you what 100 bucks 120 bucks whatever yeah. it is to it's co- not cheap i mean how do people do it who are say making the median income in the united states right everything they make is going into the gas tank uh as well as food i mean it is a problem but you know unless we airdrop electric cars on everybody <laughs> yeah. Um, it just makes no sense. Well, in, in a city like Houston, we're really at a disadvantage because everything is so f- spread out, you know, and where we don't have the mass transit system like many places do. It, you, it's, it's not fun. What, what, what is your commute mileage? 41 miles. One way? One way. One way. Yeah. That just hurts. Well, now at this time of day, it doesn't take long. It's not um, the point. It's, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's it mileage, it gasoline. You, when you fill it up every other day? Nah. I, I mean, I could. I fill up at least weekly. Well, you're not here every day either. No. So that's, that's different. I'm coming in every day. Yeah. And it, it's a 40-mile it's a round trip. But yeah. you sort of got a lawnmower. That lawnmower burns premium gasoline. Oh, oh you put premium in that. Got to run premium oh. in it, yeah. Now, I, I have heard of a lot of people switching down. They were going down from, yeah, no. Don't not do for it. your baby, huh? Don't do it. The engineer, the, the engine is engineered for a specific octane. If you f- mess with that, it's going to foul Everything your engine. Goes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. People have to micro budget more than ever. And sometimes you just don't have it to, you just don't have the money to micro budget. But these retailers like Target, you know, all these companies that stocked up on inventory, they're going to have to cut prices. I can also argue that Target has terrible uh, clothing and other things that makes me not want to buy there. Okay, I just would wear a newspaper. Um, it's better. Um, so, but the issue is these companies have this inventory because in anticipation of demand, and we're seeing demand destruction in play. You know, I don't know where where gasoline goes. If it goes to six dollars a gallon, seven dollars. I mean, this I've seen estimates, Danny, where they're looking at anywhere from seven to eight dollars a gallon is where it's going to wind up. Well, think about the economic devastation this is uh-huh. going to occur. Not already. 
you know, households. I mean, we deal with people that are typically they've, they've done very well. And I mean, I visited with somebody about a month ago who they, they bought a new truck to pull the camper. Hey, guys, you got trips planned and, and they could afford it. And they're like, no, heck no, we're not driving that thing anywhere. And but we're finding more and more people are beginning to make those types of decisions and changes to their plans, which, you know, we talk about self-fulfilling prophecies. A lot of times when we get into an environment where we see a little bit of volatility, potential recession, recession on the horizon, if we're not already in it. And, you know, we just, we make that problem worse, which, Hey, I'm all for, because we talk about the behaviors and the financial planning aspect of it. You know, we can only control what we can control. We know prices are high. We know we can keep more money in our pocket by changing our habits or things we're looking to do. I think that's a good thing to do in these types of environments. And we're typically, I think that a lot of people are really good at that. Not everybody, but for the most part, when Even things if get you shaky, make a very good income, yep. you still wince at where your money could have gone versus the gas tank. Um, you're still going to be smart with your purchases. Or I, I saw a story in the Wall Street Journal yesterday, I couldn't believe it, how families are pooling cash together to buy homes. Do you need a home that badly? Do you need to move right now that you're coming up with all these creative options to overpay for a house? Yeah. Um, it, you know, people have to stop this immediate gratification and look at changing habits. But there are some people that have no choice, right, Danny? They've got to go to work every day. They've got to put the gas in the tank. And a lot of people, if you look at um, Americans that are uh, lower income, they travel quite a bit from work to their job. They live in an area that's less expensive and they commute. That's right. Um, and certain cities have great um, transportation systems. A lot don't. So it is, uh, I don't, I don't envy those people that are going through this distress. Well, right what about, now. The problem is they don't, they, there's no end in sight. You don't see the light yeah. at the end of this, of this uh, process here. You don't see it. Now, what, do you, what about the people who are in these homes, who these homes have, they've appreciated significantly, and now they're not, they're, they, they bought these houses with one tax bill in mind, one insurance in mind, and now the replacement value, everything has gone through the roof. And so they're paying much, much more than they anticipated when they bought the house, it could have even been a couple years ago, but those that bought, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, a lot of them are getting stretched now because these bills are adding up. And instead of you, you paying one amount, you're paying double what you anticipated. Yes. So what happens there? I mean, I think that's going to lead to some problems. We were, I think I mentioned my, my uncle has a place down on the coast and we were visiting, um, we were visiting them, uh, I don't know, a month ago, two months mm-hmm. ago. And we went into a store and a guy says, where are you from? And I said, we told him, he said, why do you ask everybody that question? He said, yeah. I said, well, you know, why? You're just trying to figure out where people come from. He goes, you would be so surprised just this week. The people that we have are coming from all over. What happens is they'll do a fixer upper show. And then all these people say, oh man, the Texas coast is so much cheaper. We can still be on the water. We're going to move down here. Well, they've driven up the prices. And what's happening in some of these areas is that people can't afford to live there. So restaurants are shutting down. Because in this area, it's it's not there's no big metropolitan area very very close. I mean, it's not too far, but nobody's going to drive as a waiter or waitress, you know, 50 miles, and you can't afford to live within the vicinity because the cost has gotten so high that it's priced all of the locals out for the most part because they can't pay their tax bill. Right. And they can't afford to pay pay rent, and so I think we're going to see more and more of that, and we're going to hear more stories of that over the next coming you know months, if not year, that you know this may change that housing dynamic to some extent. Um, again, we talk about it all the time that you'll have more families moving in together. Um, there's, I mean, there are trends 
from the pandemic that we haven't even seen yet based on the aftermath of these higher prices. And, you know, even when the supply chain sort of works itself out, inflation is not going to come down and as dramatically as it should, which means the Fed, Danny, is going to have to make some very, very uncomfortable decisions. And I think they're letting the market and the economy do it for them, which because they're such in a box, they, they can't, you know, with our percent of debt to GDP, they only, they know that, listen, hey, look what's happened already. Just based on what's going on, we're already grinding down yeah. dramatically in most metrics. Uh, and and rates have metric. only increased. I mean, they haven't increased that much. Mm-hmm. And then what's the 10-year Treasury telling you right now? I mean, we're right here. We're, we're waiting for another rate hike. Everybody oh. keeps saying it's 50 basis points. We're going to see four. We're going to see five of those. Um, you know, can it get here quick enough? Is it going to have the impact? And rates right now, I mean, we see the 10-year float up a bit, but we're still hanging out right around three. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm, su- I'm even surprised it's hanging out around here because economic activity, it seems like the bond market doesn't understand how slow is slow or, or the Fed is actually going to um, work out, <laughs> you know, a soft landing. That's sort of funny to say with the Fed. You know, they're going to really take care of us like all the other times they have. So, you know, I think, you know, to Lance's premise is, hey, we're heading in the wrong direction. And interest rates realistically could go back to zero if this, if this all clicks right. I, I can't disagree with them on that. I can't disagree. But on the short end of the curve, the Fed's going to have to get uh, much more aggressive. And we've seen it. We've seen it in housing already. We've seen pullbacks that are much higher, even though prices continue to go up. A lot of this stuff is, is, is like molasses. It takes a while to work through the system. But you don't have a positive momentum in any of these metrics, economic metrics. It's just how, where do they end up? To Lance's point, which is very important, and this, is, this sort of bothers me a little bit, is we have so many people predicting recession. That's usually when it doesn't happen. And I got to remember that because the R word is everywhere. Um, and that makes me think that, hmm, is it more stagflation we're going to get? Either way, it's not going to feel good. It's just not. And I think, I think uh, margins of forward-looking uh, estimates are still too high for stocks. So there's just more pain to happen. So you're going to have to be nimble or nibble at things that you like very slowly. You're going to have to have rules and discipline. And some people are going to just say, you know what? I've heard somebody yesterday, Danny. I don't want to do this. I don't want to, I don't want to invest in stocks anymore. I think the best is... Pay- okay. Right? The price of admission is what you're going through right now without the Fed supporting you. It is what it is. You're going to see the true stock investors start to emerge here and the ones that are going to stick it out. But there are going to be a lot of people that say, I'm done. Yeah. And and you know what? The problem is we have not, we've become accustomed to not having much volatility. Now we see much more. It doesn't feel good. And all the, like you said, all the indicators, all the things that people are seeing that suggest that, hey, things may get worse and worse. So you have to be cognizant. You have to be mindful. Set that discipline and don't give up. You know, keep that strategy going. Yes. Keep it going. Have a great weekend, everybody. Lance on Monday. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We appreciate it.